Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Wow, how in the world do you try to preach behind this other than just share a little bit of what I, what I felt when I came tonight? My wife asked me uh, earlier in the afternoon, what are you preaching tonight? And I said, I really don't know. I had three or four sermons that I had on my heart. And uh, I'd like to tell you that uh, I read a book about, um, I'm trying to think what the man's name was, but he, he was talking about running marathons after you run a while. You hit a place called the wall. Everybody say the wall. And that means that you hit a place where you, you just, you're just in a jam. You're in a situation. Most of the time, people quit when they hit the wall. But on marathon runners, they have to learn how to go through the wall, which means that they don't have any feelings. They, they, don't, they don't even feel like going. They feel like they're about to die. But they keep pushing their body past the wall. And after they get past the wall, then they get to what we call our second wind. And uh, so I don't know how you feel. I, I might be a little bit tired of just going to a certain place and stopping. And I, I'd like to go further. Can you say amen today? Hallelujah. 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 Amen. All of us, it seems like the devil will let all of us go so, so far, and then they'll say, that's as far as you can go. My scripture was out of Proverbs 27, I think 16, where it said that a righteous man falls down seven times, but he riseth again. Personally, I think his friends were telling him, don't get up. Please don't get up. Stay down. But the righteous man, after seven times of being knocked down, like a boxing match, being knocked down, he gets back up again. And so what actually happens is he decided that I'm not going to be satisfied with just going this far and stopping. I'm willing to step up and say I might get punched again, I might get beat up again, but I am going to get up again. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Clap your hands and say thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. My title is going to be Your Next Step, which, ladies and gentlemen, if you go so far, you're going to get knocked down. You're going to feel like I can't go any further. But sometimes you got to get up and take that next step whether you like it or not. Hallelujah. I had a, uh, well, I won't mention the name of the uh, church that was there. He got on the radio one time, and he got to just saying these words, there is no such thing as miracles anymore. The days of miracles are gone. It's not happening in the church. Man, he, he tore everything I ever believed up in one service uh, on a radio broadcast. But when I showed up that day, I said, well, I'll tell you what, I had some notes I was going to preach from, but I'm changing my notes. And so he started quoting uh, Mark 16 and 16, 17 and 18, all these kind of verses that was there. And uh, I, I, got, I got up and I said these words on the radio. I said, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard something on the program that came on right before me. But you're fixing to hear what I believe. I know the Bible says, Mark 16 and 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But it also said, these signs shall follow them that believe. I said, I want to tell you why the guy before me does not believe in miracles is because he doesn't believe. Because if he believed, there would be miracles inside of his life. I believe the first step of breaking through to the next step, you got to believe God wants you to take that next step. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. You see, in everybody's life, we all got a next step. 
If you're a new member here, you say, well, I don't know, I don't know what's going on with these folks around here. You got a next step. You're probably going to say, well, these folks are a little crazy, but I like what I feel. And that's okay. We like for you to do that. We had guests here this morning. They were crying in our service. They like what they feel. Amen. But they got a next step. Their next step is they need to repent and say, okay, Jesus, I'm ready to repent of my sins. Their next step is they need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. Their next step is to receive the Holy Ghost. But is that where I hit my wall? Oh, no. I can grow in grace. I can take another step and say, God, can you use my life for something else other than just so far? Come on, somebody say hallelujah. It's time for us to actually activate what the Bible says, all right? So what I did to that preacher, I said, I tell you what, the reason why you don't have signs following you is because you don't believe. If you were a believer, you'd be a Christian. You're not even a believer. He came on next week and he was trying to fumble around and tell folks, oh yes, I'm believers, I'm believers, I'm believers. And I came right behind him and said, where are the signs if you are a believer? The reason the first sign that he failed on was he didn't believe in laying hands on the sick. So I'd like to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it is okay to lay hands on the sick. They will not recover until you activate the word of God. Somebody say hallelujah. Cool, all you guys want to help me out? Y'all come up here and stand behind me. Get up behind me. Hallelujah. I'm trying to just, just to be... Uh, just to be an encouragement to you, all right? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, I've just read for you uh, Mark 16 and 17, and these signs shall follow them that believe. How many believe these guys are following me? Just wave at me out there. Look at all these folks out there. They believe you're following me. You're not following me. You're just standing behind me. <laughs> Would you agree? It is correct, isn't it? I know i got a lot of Mississippi deep roots, but these guys are not following me. The only way they follow me is that I start doing something. Now, are they following me now? What happened? What was the difference? I was sitting in my pew with my Velcro holding me down, but I decided I'm going to get up and do something. <laughs> now, I, I guess I should have got some old folks behind me, you know. But to activate your faith... Sometimes you got to get up and do something you've never done before. And when you... Come on, when you do something you've never done before, expect God to do something he's good at doing. So that's what I went and told him. I said, the reason why you don't have miracles, you don't believe, number one, and number two, you're not activating the word. Once you activate the word, you lay hands on the sick. Do we have power to heal anybody? Answers, no. But if we sit there and just look at them, nothing's going to happen. Somebody's got to put their hand out and stretch it out there and squeeze their head a little while and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, and God will still do his work. I want to break through that wall that I'm in. 
and reach into the supernatural of tomorrow. You see, the Bible talks a lot about taking that next step. And so it's very important. I want to challenge some of you here tonight. Whatever you have been doing, decide in your heart, God, I've reached this place and I hit this wall every time. I want to go through this wall this time. You remember what what God told Israel? He said, I want you to march around Jericho uh, one time every day. Now, when I look at that story, ladies and gentlemen, the victory was won when they showed up at Jericho. But the greatest victory was when they took that first step and was commanded to shut your mouth. When they took that first step, it was all over. Uh, 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 Jericho had no chance against them because they were obeying God's plan to take the next step. One step, one march around per day and on the seventh day, seven times around. At the end of it, they shouted, what happened to the walls? They came down. I want to tell you, old Fallon, amen, I'd like to tell you, Lighthouse, God wants to bring some of your walls down. But don't be afraid to shout and to take that next step. Come on, stand to your feet. Let's take that next step together, would you? Woo! Oh, somebody say hallelujah. Anybody want to break through that wall? Anybody want to break through that barrier? I want you to stand. I'm going to quit. But there were two other instances, maybe three other instances in the Bible that people were commanded to take the next step. It was Israel that when they came to the Jordan River, it's already overflowing. It's water flowing way outside of its banks. The prophets held, the the priests held one of the most highly prized trophies of Israel, the Ark of the Covenant. And they were commanded to march across Jordan River. They were commanded to take the next step. Step. The next step was swirling water. The next step, there was no bottom they could see. And without worrying where the bottom was and what was there, they took the next step. And as soon as the sole of their feet hit the water, guess what happened to the, their pathway in front of them? Come on, Lighthouse, I'm telling you, God wants to open up some pathways for you in this city. Can Can you take that next step? I've seen people in church that needed a miracle and they were afraid to come to the front. You need to get that fear out of your mind and say, if I need something, I'm coming up there. Brother Buford's gonna have to beat us off this front because we're coming up there where the miracles are. There was one more time. I don't know that Jesus told Simon Peter to take the next step. But he did say this. Now this is how hard-headed people can be. I know in O'Fallon y'all don't have any hard-headed people, so it's not for you. This is for another church. Peter sees Jesus walking on the water. And Jesus says to him, what? It is I, be not afraid. 
From the Mississippi Delta, we call that, it is I, be not afraid. It is I, be not afraid. And then you realize the next statement Peter made. Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. Now, folks, do, our, do, you, do we have hard-headed Pentecostal people? He already told him, it's I, be not afraid. And then Peter says, if that's you, Lord, you just bid me to come. Would you know that these words were simple because Jesus just said, come. Everybody say, come. These folks sang a song like that already tonight. I thought, wow, they're preaching my sermon. Just right down to the point. And guess what Peter did when he took that next step out of that boat? Guess what happened? He walked on the water. Now, I would like to just give you a brief synopsis of what I believe about this story. Jesus did not say, Peter, come. He just said, come. Which my understanding would be that if John wanted to get out of the boat, he could have got out of the boat and walked. If any of the other disciples wanted to get out, they could get out because the invitation was just come. I'm on the water, and I tell you to come. You can make it. Come on, I want to tell somebody here today. God has a plan for your future. He does not want you to hit a wall and fall. Get up again. Take your greatest step and say, I'm going forward in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, I'm going to pray with you, all right, because I, I want you to take that next step. I've seen way too many people come to the altar and they start praying, Jesus, 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 Jesus is okay, but there's something else other than that. Let me tell you how easy it is to get the Holy Ghost when you repent. You start telling God, I'm sorry for everything that I've done wrong. Please forgive me. That's repentance. And when you fully repent of your sins, he will fill you with the Holy Ghost. He's not going to leave you out. He's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm saying that real sweet because I've seen 3,675 receive the Holy Ghost in the last four years in our crusades. Hey, let, let me do one more thing. Are you ready for that? God's fighting for us. That's, that's what I wanted anyhow to end. So can I do one more thing? Just one more. Hallelujah. Let me see who I can pick on back here. Sir, can I pick on you a little bit? Come on out here in the middle. What's your name, sir? All right, Dwayne. Now I want you to do everything I tell you to do. And if you don't, you're going to mess this part up. It's your fault, not mine. Everybody get a good look at Dwayne, would you? Get a good look at him. Take a good look. Now, Dwayne, I want you to take one step this way. All right, if you saw that, clap your hands. I saw him take one step. The last time the word draw is mentioned in the New Testament, James 4 and 8. The Bible says, if you draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to you. Now, most Pentecostals believe, Dwayne, you did pretty good by taking that one step. That's pretty cool. That's a big step for you. But my philosophy of James 4 and, 4 and 8 is this. If he takes that one step, this is what God's got on his heart and mind. Now, Dwayne, you took that first step. That's all you'll have to ever do by yourself because I'm going to walk with you all the way to the front. 
I'm going to be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. If you ever break through that wall, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to save your family. I'm going to do miracles in your finances and your future. That's what God works like. That's how he works. Woo! Stay right there. Stay there. The rest of this story is this. What you did not see was somebody was in front of us. God was fighting for us. Pushing back the darkness. Lighting up the kingdom. God has not led us this far to stop. He has not led this church this far to stop. I say take another step. Take another step by faith. He's fighting for you. He's on your side. If you need a touch, come on down. Take that next step. God is fighting for us. Pushing back the darkness. Lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. 